going on, good people? Welcome to Life School. I'm Reverend Kojo. I am your host. We've got a lot to talk about today. Look, Life School is not about getting your panties in a bunch. It's about talking about the hard-hitting topics that you're going through today. If you're struggling, I want to talk about it. If you're hurting, I want to talk about it. If you're just flat-up confused, let's talk about it, too. Why? Because this is Life School. Hey, good folks. This is Reverend Kojo, and you know, I've got a, a good bit I want to talk about. So this weekend, we uh, experienced the Iron Bowl 2017, and I believe, boy, it was a shakeup. In case you didn't know, I am a student and, and alum of Auburn University, and I am, I am telling you, I, and I wasn't, an, I wasn't always an Auburn fan. I was an Auburn fan as a kid, was in the band, and then all of the band, folks in the band were Alabama fans. So I converted for four years, and then I ended up coming to Auburn because it felt like home, and it didn't take me long to realize where home was. So there's this thing about Auburn, in case you didn't know. Auburn is a school that is great academically, and football, you know, is kind of hit or miss. And Alabama, our biggest rival, which happens to be up the state, up the street, uh, by about three hours, is all seems to in the past what eight eight nine years has always been good. Now, prior to my in my childhood, they weren't that great, but for the last eight or nine years, they have been dominant. They have raked in all of these national championships, and and they are the team to beat in the nation for the last several years. Well, they came to the Plains, and I was blessed enough to sit in the box and, and watch that game, but they came to the Plains cocky and arrogant, and a lot of people were nervous. Uh, they discounted the fact that we had picked off uh, number one, Georgia, two weeks prior, and, and, and Alabama went from being number two to number one, and they came down here, and the score, the final score was 14 to 26. And so it was a great day to be an Auburn Tiger. I was incredibly proud to be a student and not just a fan of Auburn University, uh, to have obtained a degree from Auburn University. I was happy, 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 happy. But there are some lessons that we can learn from the win that we accrued this uh, this past weekend and going into this weekend into the SEC Championship, something that I don't think I imagined would have happened this year at the start of the season. And so the first thing that, that we can pull from what happened this weekend is that it ain't over till God says it's over. Uh, <laughs> and that's really cliche, right? That's really cliche. But I, let's be real. You step up to some Goliaths in your life. And so two weeks ago, we stepped up to Georgia, who was number one in the state. And they were our num- they, they're one of our big rivals. See, the, uh, the Alabama rivalry is the largest rivalry in the, in the country. And, and that rivalry I've known about my entire life. But the Georgia rivalry is the oldest rivalry in the country. And I just, I just think it's so funny how Auburn is at the helm of these two large rivalries. These are not just okay rivalries. Like there's, I was a member of SGA for a good bit. And there's actually this thing that we host and we, we alternate with Alabama and Georgia hosting called Better Relations Day. Um, and so when it's not our year, we travel to Alabama and we travel to Georgia. And when it's our year, we host both of them here because our rivalry is so thick that we have to promote better relations because we have so many issues. It's like a counseling session that comes every year. Uh, and so, I, you know, I, when 
And so these rivalries are, are kind of serious. And if you're, you're not from Alabama, let me just enlighten you. When you're born into the state of Alabama, you don't you have to choose. Like you have to choose Auburn, Alabama. That that whole I don't care that, that thing doesn't work. I have actually seen a fight <laughs> in a Sam's Club because somebody didn't know the difference between Auburn and Alabama, and they had just moved here. But it's it's a real thing, and and. You know, it's it's you know, if you had to think about it, I think the guy on Best Man Holiday kind of said it best. In Alabama, it's really God family football. Uh, on Fridays and Saturdays, on Fridays we go, <laughs> on Friday nights we go see high school football play. On Saturdays you sit around and you watch your your favorite team play college football, and then on Sunday you go to church. There aren't a whole lot of people who watch NFL football. NFL Sunday ticket ain't really a huge thing in Alabama, uh, but you better believe you better have the SEC channel uh, if you if you want to be a cable provider in the state of Alabama. And a lot of people like to go tailgate and go get tickets to go watch football. And football is a really big thing here. Um, and so what, what I've learned though, is that when we step up to these big situations against these big giants, you know, we stepped up to Georgia, uh, two weeks ago and we stepped up to Georgia, you know, a lot of the fans weren't sure how it was going to fare. We had been winning. We had lost once. Um, but it, well, there wasn't a whole lot that was expected of us. And so when we pulled out a win and really, really beat Georgia, it was kind of a turning point for our um, our year, and so. But I think that's that's a lesson we can learn, is that we ought to expect God to do the immeasurable all the time. Now I'm not going to say that God was on the on the side of Auburn, because I think that He just allowed the best team to win. But in our personal lives, we ought to expect God to do the unthinkable. A lot of people didn't go into that game thinking that Auburn was going to beat Georgia the way they did. Georgia was number one. I think we were ranked number 10. And the expectation was not that we were going to go do as well as we did. But we did as well as we did. And I, I would like to believe that our guys had heart and they were excited about it. Now, and, and I say all of that to say this, that we, we often find ourselves in grim, bleak situations, and we are convinced that because we're in a grim or a bleak situation, that it's got to always be grim or bleak. God does his best work when you look like the underdog. <laughs> God typically favors the underdog. Think about, think about David and Goliath. Goliath was way bigger than David, and David was a runt. David seemed ill-prepared. He had a, um, a slingshot. And three smooth rocks, or was it five smooth rocks? He had some rocks. And he goes and he steps up to this highly militarized giant of a man, and he pulls his slingshot back, he throws it back, and he hits him on the first try. It was not expected that David was going to win. His brothers and his father were expecting that they were going to be bringing his body back and that they were all going about to go into captivity of, of those people. But guess what? He prevailed. It's not over till God says it's over. And so I think we need to wake up every morning and say, hey, this situation looks like hell, but my God is way stronger than hell has ever been. Remember, Christ went to hell, stole the keys, and defeated death. And if he has the power to defeat death on our behalf, on an old rugged cross, surely your issues are solvable. Surely you can win a game that you were not picked to win. Surely you can step up to situations and tell them who you are and most importantly, who your God is. 
you know, I'm, I know that I'm talking about football, but let's look at our lives. I don't care if you're an Auburn fan, Alabama fan, a Georgia fan, Tennessee fan, LSU fan, Clemson fan, a Miami fan, or whatever, whatever team you want to watch. Because if you serve God, we're on the same team. And if you're serving God, that means that he can do the immeasurable in your life any day of the week. It means he can move mountains and cause walls to fall and he can be full of all types of mercy and grace and favor and he can do things that you never thought plausible. Some of the most wonderful, some of the most heartbreaking, I mean, heart wrenching stories, some of the stories that make our hearts warm and the stories that we love to hear about and watch movies about are about people who have been, have come from the ugliest situations who have been carried through some terrible, terrible places. And God has blessed them in spite of it. You know, Tyler Perry raised in, in complete poverty, lived, slept up under the house some days. You know, one of the, one of the wonderful stories, dude is running this production company that is out of this world. Like he has a voice in, in black, um, black in, I guess, black playwriting. And he's got He's all these television shows and these movies and all this good stuff. We look at um, we look at Oprah. Oprah was raised in the country Mississippi, and now I promise y'all that's not a shot. <laughs> um, but country Mississippi, with little to nothing, was was molested by I think her father or, or or another family member, and and she was told that she was nothing and that she would never amount to be anything. And she's the wealthiest black woman. One of the, I think she's the wealthiest woman on earth. And, and I think that's, that's something we should talk about. When we talk about what God can do, will do, should do, and, and inevitably is going to open doors for, we ought to be expecting him to blow our minds. This is the same guy who spoke and the very life that we know came into existence. He looked and he looked on this earth and he said that it needed one of you. If he has the power to just speak amazing things into existence, don't you think that in a twinkling of an eye, he can shift your situation beyond what you could imagine, that he can cause opportunities to uh, become available to you that would have never become available to you in any other way. Don't you think he can bless your endeavors and your ideas and your moments and your frustrations and your pain and your depression to open up opportunities that your brain will can't even comprehend. Scripture says that eyes have not heard, eye has not seen, nor ear heard, what nor has it entered into the hearts of ma- man what God is about to do, what God is going to do in your life. And so you ought to expect every morning when your feet hit the floor that God is going to blow your mine. I don't care where you came from. I don't care what, what it looks like. I don't care how many negative bank accounts you have. I don't care how many degrees you didn't finish. I don't care how many businesses you started and they failed. Today, God is going to do some things that are beyond you. And I'm not even preaching prosperity. I'm just preaching Jesus. Okay. I'm just preaching Jesus. You should expect him to blow your mind because he's in the mind blowing business. Now, of course, that comes at, at, at the cost that you expect him to do it. That comes at the cost that you do everything in your power for him to move. That, that means that you seek him with your whole heart. You do have to do your part. That means that you are seeking to please him in everything that you do, even when that means you have to deny flesh and you have to deny your desire and you have to deny where you're going. Why? Because he's God. And in his, his complete deity and his complete love for you and his complete 
a purpose in your life. You've got to trust that what he said in his word will cause his word to become made whole in your life. That's exciting. Oh, it's exciting. That's as, 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 that's as exciting or more exciting than how I felt on Saturday night sitting up in that box about to lose it. I mean, just excited. And not only y'all, if you didn't watch the game, let me just give you a brief recap. Watching this game, not, not only did, you know, Alabama is notorious for coming out a little weak and preserving themselves and while everybody comes out heavy. And while the other team is tired, they come in and they ramp it up in the second half and they take the game back. Like that. That's what they do when they play teams that are equally matching them. We get in the third and the fourth quarter and Auburn is still holding their own. And if you don't know anything about Jordan Harris, stadium usually the fourth quarter belongs to Auburn and since they didn't come back in the third quarter when that fourth quarter came along and we were still on top mine was blown God is faithful <laughs> he is but 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 and, and and so that feeling that I had that I had there is the feeling that I get when I think about how God can move in an instant in our lives, you remember Lazarus, guy in the Bible, Lazarus, who was said to be a friend of God, who was a friend of Christ. They referred to him in scripture when they referred to him when he had got sick. They said, you know, Lazarus, the one that you love. They referred to him as the one that the Lord loved, the one that Christ loved. And they said he has fallen ill. You need to come at once and make him whole. And as he did that, he stayed where he was for four days and then he got up and moved. Now, I don't know about you. If I am, if I find out that somebody with whom I love has fallen ill and there is healing in my hands, you better believe at the moment that I find out that they have fallen ill, I am on the road on the way. You know, there have been plenty of occasions where I've gotten calls that children that are under my tutelage have called and they have, they have fallen ill or they're sick or something's wrong in their family. At that moment, I'm grabbing my dry cleaning or my, my hanging bag and I'm on the way to Birmingham or wherever they are. Why? Because I'm dedicated and I love them. And so it's really quite odd that Lazarus, who is referred to the one as, as the one with whom Christ loved, that he sat there and waited. And as he sat there and waited, everybody's like, well, we, we, sure, we, we might need to leave, Jesus. <laughs> I heard it's kind of bad, and I know y'all are kind of close. I think we might need to get on the road and go. Like, why, why are we still sitting here? I, you know, Lazarus, I, you know, you remember, you know, the one that you, you like to hang out with? You know, the one you shoot the breeze with? You know, the one, you know, Lazarus. We're not just talking about some random dude. Like, what's up? And not only does he not get up on his way, he goes and he heals some other folks that he doesn't know. And they're like, what is going on? Is, is Jesus losing it? What's happening? And so they continue and they move on, they move forward. And when they get there, the sisters are upset with him. You should have come. My brother is dead. You said that you loved us. You said that you loved him. Why did it take you so long? I don't understand. And then he says, it took me so long for the edification of God. And he goes to the tomb. And I mean, Lazarus is good and dead. I mean, he's so dead that they'd have embalmed this dude. <laughs> he is so dead that they believe that his soul has left. And he comes, he goes to the tomb and he says, Lazarus, come forth. Just as I can imagine, just as calm as day. And Lazarus 
awakens from the dead and bounces up even though he is mummified and wrapped in all types of embalming fluids and and papers and all of stuff and so he bounces out and they untie him and he is able to worship in in a on a whole different plane the situation looked dead it was good and stinky and it was foul but even though the situation was dead stinky and foul that didn't mean that god said he was done See, we, we, it's a lot of situations that we have not travailed against because we gave up way too soon. It's a lot of situations that we have not travailed, we have not won because we assumed that what was going on was the ending and it was yet the beginning. We assume that because the situation looked blank, we walked away from it and we walked away from everything that God had promised us and what he was doing. You are sitting here wondering why it is that you have, you can't ever finish nothing and why it seems like your prayers always seem to go unanswered. And the problem is, baby, you gave up too soon. You gave up too soon. And I've, I've watched it for years in football. Uh, as, you know, living in Alabama, I do watch Alabama football every now and then. Matter of fact, I've even sat in the, in the box at an Alabama game. Um, but what I've learned is that when Alabama plays teams, a lot of times they come out hot and heavy, understanding who the giant that they're up against. And around the third or fourth quarter, they are so tired because they have gone so far that they give in and they give up and they allow Alabama to come run all over them and to ransack them. Well, this is what I know about God. God is a fourth quarter God. <laughs> he is a fourth quarter God. God, you know, he sometimes he blesses you immediately and he'll bless you in the first quarter. But a lot of times God is a God. He is a God of process. And so because he's a God of process that he, he allow you to go through the first quarter and you're like, well, okay, God, where you at? <laughs> you go through the second quarter. He might let you get a touchdown, but they get two. And so you're still like, okay, God, where you at? Third quarter, they get a touchdown, but he'll give you a field goal and you're still losing. And you're like, okay, I thought you loved me. I thought you said, if I came here, you had my back. I thought that this was going to work. What's going on? I need a little help. I need, hey, 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 you remember me? I thought we were friends. Help, help, help. And so we sit in these situations and we're like, what in the world is going on? And in the fourth quarter, just like about four years ago, in the fourth quarter with one second left on the clock, when it looks like you have to go into overtime and you're already exhausted and you don't think you have it in you, he allows you to run the ball back for a touchdown. He allows you to go back and claim the game that you thought that you had lost. He allows you to go and unlock some things and be unleashed in some things and to be delivered from some things just while you are getting ready to give up. I cannot tell you how many times I have been ready to give up, how many times I have been ready to throw in the towel. And just as I was about to walk away from a situation just as I was about to give up and call it quits God came through and not only did he come through he blessed me in a manner that I didn't even think I was worthy of because I wasn't but he was he's just that kind of God don't think but just because you find yourself in a situation that seems unblessable that God can't bless you in that situation just because you think you're in a situation that looks bleak don't think that God can't bless you you know I found myself Mm. I found myself, um, somebody I love a lot, like a little brother to me, has found himself in a really bad situation. Uh, and I don't believe that the situation he, he's in is really his fault. And it looks like people are setting him up to ruin his life. And I couldn't, you know, when I look at it, I kind of get frustrated. 
And from the moment that I read the first article for, to the time that I talked to him, to the time that I wrote a couple of le- wrote a letter for him, and all of the stuff, I've been praying and trying to understand why God would allow um, us to undergo situations where people would test our character, people would challenge our integrity, why people would allow situations to unfold like nobody's business. But what I found out is that. Often God will allow us to undergo some things so that we'll have a story to tell other people. And then right there in that last second of the game where it looks like it's all over and it looks like the game has been lost or it looks like you finna have to go into overtime and you don't have any gas left, he allows you to come out with a win that you have to you have to attribute to God, that you can't attribute it to an attorney, you can't attribute it to a girlfriend or a boyfriend, you can't attribute it to mom and daddy being so great. It wasn't the job, it wasn't your strength, it wasn't your knowledge, it wasn't your situation, but it was all God. And sometimes when we get so astray, we get we get so off off kilter and we're not doing what God told us to do or, or maybe we're not trusting him like we want us to. He'll put us in a situation where you either gonna, if you don't trust him, you're going to sink. But if you trust him, he'll keep you afloat. So what I've learned is that, you know, even though I know I'm talking about football today, I, I think God will put us in situations that will test our faith like nobody's business. And these are the situations where we're so tempted to let go of faith because we're convinced that God is not present. But. I'm convinced that the the presence of darkness does not mean the absence of of light. The presence of darkness doesn't mean that Christ is not present. It just means that he's aligning things so that you can succeed. But if he aligned the things that he's aligning in the light, Satan would know his game plan. (laughs) And if Satan knew the game plan, he could prepare for the battle. So God, so Satan is convinced that, you know, it's dark, I'm winning. But God is over here putting up his players, making sure that everything is going to work out for your good. So that when he executes his plan, Satan didn't know what was going to hit him. Y'all, I'm so convinced. I'm so convinced that God is going to do things in our favor. We've just got to submit to him and seek him with our whole heart. We've got to commit to looking and being everything he's called us to be. And if we'll, we'll commit to being and looking and doing everything he's called us to be, God will move mountains up out of your way like nobody's business. God is faithful. God is so faithful. But that does not mean in his faithfulness that we don't have to endure some situations. Just because we are we are not in a, the place we want to be does not mean that God is not faithful. You know, I say it just about every podcast. I'm frustrated to all avail, to no avail, that I am not in Australia right now. There's 20 days left in my in my internship, and I still hadn't left this country. And I, I and I and I'm I'm burned up because I get a stub every week to tell me how much they missed, and it was cute in the beginning because it was just a little bit, but it's a lot now. It's a lot I can do with the money that I don't have in my pocket right now. You know, there's a lot of experience I could be building on right now. There's a lot of places I could be right now. A lot of things I could be doing. I could be surfing right now because right now, <laughs> right now it's what 8 a.m. Or is it two? It's my bad. It's 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 twelve p.m. I'd be on my lunch break. They take two-hour lunch breaks, you know. And so I'm I'm skyping in, watching these people golf, skyping in, watching these people surf, skyping in, watching these people have uh, mas- masseuse have a masseuse in the office, and I'm sitting in my little office in Auburn, Alabama. But that doesn't mean that it's over. 
That doesn't mean that God isn't going to perform. That doesn't mean that I don't get to get blessed. And that doesn't mean that I don't get to go to Australia. And if I don't get to go doing this, this internship, I, you better believe before I leave this earth, I'm going to step my foot in New South Wales, uh, in Sydney, Australia. And, and I, I, I definitely want to put my feet on Manly Beach. Uh, <laughs> and I'm going to do it. And I'm, I'm decreeing and declaring it. You're sitting here wondering why it is that you don't have some stuff. And you haven't even put the word to work. Speak that thing. Speak what it is you want. Write it out. And then work your butt off to get there. And let God handle the rest. If you do that, I promise that formula works every time. You know what happens is people get to, get to that point with their name and they claim it. And they might even write it down. But they don't work their butt off. Faith without works is dead, y'all. <laughs> Faith without works is dead. But if you'll put your mouth, money where your mouth is, put your actions where your mouth is, put your heart where your mouth is, God will not, he's not going to leave you destitute. He may not answer like you want him to, but he's not going to leave you destitute. He is a good God. He is a faithful God. He's a loving God. And I'm convinced that he'll move mountains if you'll let him. So y'all know, I've got to say this. War Eagle. <laughs> I'm incredibly excited about last weekend and this weekend coming up. Um, I'm just happy, y'all. I'm just happy. And, and I hope that you'll find some joy in your life, too. Um, because the joy of the Lord has truly been my strength. Um, I don't know if I don't I don't tell you everything, but I tell you enough. I'm really being tried in this season of my life. I'm being tried like nobody's business. Um, but the joy of the Lord is my strength. It's, it's, it's almost hard to be upset. It's, it's almost hard to be upset because he's just that good. And, and his goodness is not about strictly what he's done. It's just about who he is in my life. And if you don't know him, I really want to help you come to know him. I'm, I'm telling you, he'll revolutionize your life beyond what you'll know. It won't be about stuff. It'll really be about something deeper and something real. Y'all be blessed. I'm Reverend Kojo, and this is Life School. Y'all be blessed.